Six Foot Plus, a program of music and more for those who like it spooky. Broadcasting from a remote corner of the front office, found online at sixfootplus.com. Ah, there's nothing like a good battle theme to get the blood pumping. That was Kevin McLeod's clenched teeth, starting up this episode of Six Foot Plus. Find new episodes every Friday over at sixfootplus.com, on iTunes, and on mobile streaming apps like Stitcher Radio and Dogcatcher. Make sure to support Six Foot Plus by subscribing, rating, reviewing, and most of all, recommending. Welcome to the start of Gravedigger's Local 16's unofficial celebration of this year's upcoming Free RPG Day, taking place next Saturday on June 15th. Inspired by the GDL 16 article series Music to Game By, this is an episode full of music for your next tabletop role-playing session. Somewhere along the line, we'll bust out the saving throws to see if we dodge a Monster Mat Minute. We'll also draw up characters for All This and Gore and another edition of Home Haunting Jersey Devil Style. This is music for playing Dungeons and Dragons, GURPS, Pathfinder, or any of the other numerous role-playing games out there. Several tracks on this episode were personally selected by their creators. Speaking of which, here's one now that was picked by our friends over at Midnight Syndicate.
Even though it's from the official D&D soundtrack, there's no reason you can't use City of Sails with other fantasy systems when you wish to create a sense of excitement and wonder. Michael Hedstrom's album Demagogue is one of gaming's best kept secrets, although originally intended for use with haunted houses, it's filled with material that's perfect for gaming. Case in point, Sanctuary, which goes perfect with a dungeon crawl or exploring a cave.
In your city, in your town, and in your neighborhood, thousands of girls are becoming rockabilly hellcats. Girls running in packs who learn the naked facts of life too young, dressed in clothes from cats like us. Don't tell me you've never rode a hot rod or had a late date in the second balcony. These girls shop online all hours of the night at catslikeus.com, and they get what they want. T-shirts, tight dresses, handbags, and more. These girls are dressed to kill. Too young to be careful, too tough to be afraid. I get my kicks at Cats Like Us, city of Tonawanda. CatsLikeUs.com Hi, this is Kelly Maroney of Night of the Comet, and you are listening to Six Foot Plus. was Second Grave's Salvation. You might not think a Doom Metal's band debut album would have relaxing medieval-style music in it, but well, there you go. A lot of commercially available gaming music focuses on fights and exploration, so it's a welcome change of pace to have something that can be played when characters are just hanging out. Though you have to be careful when hanging out, you never know when there'll be a surprise attack, much like this Monster Map Minute. Cool morning maniacs! <laughs> yes, that's right. It is I, your fiend, yours truly, Monster Matt Patterson. Maniacs, I suggest that we get this one moving. Okay, here we go. Get ready. Get ready, because here it comes. Why doesn't anyone let Fred Durst be Game Master? He cheats and lets all of his friends keep rolling, 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 rolling dice. And not to be confused with dice like Andrew Dice Clay. I'm over here now. Hey, uh, okay. <laughs> Bad attempt at a dice imitation. Oh, God, why did I do that? It's so bad, but that's how I go, I guess. All right, moving along, enough of that gobbledygook. What type of role-playing game does Animal Planet's Turtle Man like? Live action! Yeah, 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 yeah! Yeah, 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 yeah. I suppose after that I should crawl back into my shell. Yep. <laughs> okay, okay. What role-playing game gets you in a lather? Wizards of the Coast, deodorant soap. <laughs> now, 
What role-playing game is not about I Dream of Genie? My Life with Master! <laughs> and speaking of Barbara Eden, what do you get when you throw Barbara Eden into a TV series about role-playing games? LARPER Valley PTA! <laughs> yeah, I know. It's, uh, it's pretty bad out there, isn't it? Yep. You got it. And you know what else you got? You got some more. Here we go. Uh, how did the Game Master know that Raven was happy? Raven laughed and laughed and laughed and laughed. And I think she had a giggle in there too. Oh, hey. <laughs> and uh, finally, for your final punishment, here's a rancid rhyme for you, maniacs. Cross my heart and throw the die. A LARPer zapped me in the eye. I'm cycloptic now, but I can still see for what it's worth. But in no way can I bring myself to watch After Earth. <laughs> that was a life-saving throw right there. And with that, dear maniacs, I will see you next time. Bye-bye. You just survived the Monster Matt Minute with Monster Matt Patterson. To find out more about Monster Matt, his adventures, and to read his new horror comedy comic, head over to Ha Ha Horror found online at hahahorror.com.
that voodoo to turn your draft style into something supernatural? The twin power of VoodooSugar.com will put the magic back into your step. Pins, buttons, bags of all shapes and sizes, tees, stickers, magnets, and more. High quality, low prices. That's, that's for one. one. VoodooSugar.com. Cool swag for the living and living dead. Hi, I'm J.M. Fry, author of Trip Trick, and you're listening to Six Foot Plus.
Although a horror group, Nox Arcana has covered so many genres in their work that they're perfect for use with a wide variety of RPGs. We just played a trio of their music, Night Wraiths, The Mystic's Keep, and Phantasmagoria. The latter being interesting because in addition to being good with general horror RPGs, the Lovecraftian themes of the album it comes on also makes it perfect for a Call of Cthulhu campaign. Speaking of horror, zombie-based RPGs like All Flesh Must Be Eaten are sure to have gotten a boost in interest thanks to the popularity of The Walking Dead. And what better soundtrack to put your personal zombie apocalypse to than Buzzworks album Zombie Influx? Here's a sample from it, a creepy little number called Doomsday. Chase of the Walking Dead, and you're listening to Six Foot Plus. Time to take a break from the table for a little bit of blood and guts. Here now, Tammy and JR from TwistedCentral.com in All This and Gore. In this segment, you'll hear JR talk about his cinematic aspirations while Tammy recounts a visit to the most recent Texas Frightmare. Here now, All This and Gore. You're listening to Diane Franklin for Twisted Central, All This and Gore. You're doomed if you stay here. 
Welcome, everybody, to the next installment of All This and Gore. I'm Tammy. I'm JR. And one of these days, I'm going to compile all these places that you can find us into one area and just say, go there. But until then, you can find us at TwistedCentral.com, Pit-of-Horror.com, at Twisted Central on Twitter, at JR91780 on Twitter, or... At all this and gore on Twitter. Facebook, it's Twisted Central. I think it's facebook.com slash Twisted Central. Our film festival page, it's twistedtalesfilmfestival.com, and that is T A I L S. Is that it? Yeah, there you Am I done? <laughs> it seems well, like I'm leaving nice something. I'm leaving something very important out, I think, here. Email? I ain't, they can find that on I ain't giving nobody my email. It's easy enough to look up, I think. We should probably say, you know, we record this for Six Foot Plus, so... Yeah, let's do that. Yeah, on Twitter, they're at Six Foot Plus, and I think it's the same thing on Facebook, isn't it? Yes, it is. So, there. Yeah, now we're done. This is like the Holy Shit, They're Back episode. Right. Yeah, we, uh, <laughs> we've been dormant for a while. Hey, there's been some major shit going on. I know. I became a movie star, and... <laughs> A movie star. Yeah. Tell me a little bit about that. Well, I got a role in the Slasher Studios' first feature film called Don't Go to the Reunion, an homage of 1980s and 90s slasher horror. It's really, really clever film. Uh, I think it's, it's going to be a really big hit. I play the role of Jay Minor. It's going to, uh, I had a lot of fun shooting it. We were at a beautiful location in Wisconsin, uh, right on a lake, and we pretty much stayed in the house that we, uh, we filmed at, which was, was pretty awesome. A little awkward. I slept in a room with two other guys, and that didn't make me too comfortable, but <laughs> it was what it was. Oh, come on. You haven't ever had a roommate other than yeah. your woman? So, um, is it going to be like a, a traditional slasher, or are there some surprises in there? Both. Both? It, it's, it is. I mean, it's a total slasher movie, but there's, there's a lot of surprises. There's a few twists and turns. It, like I said, it's really very clever. Uh, there's a lot of humor in it, which humor and horror go hand in hand. A lot of, a lot of good death scenes. Mm-hmm. Um, I, got to, I got to see a few of them, and I uh, was pretty impressed. It was my first. It was my first experience on a movie set, so that was a little different for me. I didn't know how much work and time and effort went into every single little shot. A lot. <laughs> yeah, a lot. And how you're scheduled to film from this time to this time, but that's just not going to happen. Yeah, it never it's usually does. longer and later. We filmed. I think um, one day we filmed till five o'clock in the morning. We had started at probably about nine. Hmm. Um. So, I mean, everything takes, it's very time consuming, but um, I think in the end, it's just, it's very rewarding too, because, I mean, everybody put in such a great performance. It's a great cast, uh, great actors and actresses. I think everybody's going to be pretty impressed. Well, good. I can't wait to see it. Me too. I know they've been editing like crazy. Yeah, they, uh, in the first week, they had like the first, they had the first 25 minutes of the rough cut edited. 
That's going to be awesome. I think that's pretty awesome. Yeah, they're going to get it done pretty well. I mean, those guys are so devoted to what they're doing that they're, I mean, it wouldn't surprise me if they had it out, if they had it finished by next month. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I think they're going to have a trailer pretty soon. But yeah, they're they're going to get it finished pretty quickly, I think. Um, But it will premiere uh, October 5th at the Oshkosh Film Festival. Oh, they already, Um, they already landed a film festival? Yep. And it's not even done yet. Right. Wow. Yep, the Oshkosh Film Festival is going to premiere um, that Saturday night, which is October 5th, uh, with a cast Q&A panel afterwards and then a cast and crew party. Where is Oshkosh Film Festival? It is in Oshkosh, Wisconsin. And are you going to that? Yes, I am. you going to fly again? No, I'm not going to fly again. <laughs> if I was okay with the flying and everything, but I'm not going to spend the money to do it again. Yeah, well, now you got to take your woman with you, so... Yeah, yeah, Paula's coming with me. Well, I was trying to keep her name down, but... Oh, I'm sorry. I, I mean, that's up to you. If you want to... That's no, fine. That's fine. So, Paula's going to go with me. We're going to go up for the weekend to the film festival. Um, and it's going to be a good time. Kind of excited to do a, a Q&A panel. And uh, maybe I'll even reveal the story about my wardrobe for the... I didn't tell you that story yet, did I? No. Did you have a wardrobe malfunction? <laughs> Of sorts, yes. Oh my god, I don't want to know. Oh no, it's nothing like that. <laughs> I had to. Let me let me explain. I had to switch microphones or speakers in the middle of this conversation, so I apologize. Oh okay. I have had a um, electronical electronical. <laughs> I have had an electronic malfunction. Okay, continue. Sorry. Okay. Um, I think I was pretty much done talking about that. Oh. <laughs> I went to Texas Frightmare. How was that? Um, it was, it was fun. It's, it, going to Texas Frightmare is different than like, say, going to Horror Hound because all the local filmmakers are there and I know a lot of them. Okay. So it becomes less about the guests that show up and more about beer and friends and beer and more beer mm-hmm. and more friends. So, cool. but it's, it's fun. I have a picture I have to send to you. Oh, Okay. <laughs> Virginia. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I do. I have that. It's here. I had no clue until Horrorhound that she was Michael Madsen's sister. Really? Yeah. Did she can? Did she cancel Horrorhound? Yeah, she canceled that... Horrorhound. Okay. Bitch. Uh, hey. Now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. I love her. You know, and I, it hit me. I think um, just a couple days ago, I was like, man, I was at Texas Frightmare. Like Danny Trejo was there, and Gary Busey was there. And I didn't get one fucking bumper, not oh, for the show, on. not one. I did. I even got one. I didn't get one. I didn't even go through. I didn't go through any lines, really. What lines did I go through? Oh, I got in like uh, John Bernthal's line because <clears throat> we had VIP, so we had a, a skip, mm-hmm. a line skip. So we ended. There were people in line for like five hours, and we ended right. up standing in line for like ten minutes. So that was pretty cool. And um, that was really just because my daughter and her friend wanted to meet him. So, but other than that, I didn't meet anybody except for Steve Niles and Bernie Wrightson. That's about it. Huh? You met Virginia Madsen? Well, yeah, but she didn't have a line. I mean, it was really just walk up to the table and there she was. That was actually the first one I got because I figured I better get it before I got too drunk. Yeah, see, there you go. Because then you'd be all pissed off at me. I wouldn't have been mad. Whatever. What? Huh? Uh Uh-huh. You better watch it. 
Um, but no, Frightmare is fun. It's more like a big horror family reunion at this point. I've been going for four years now, I think. So, you know, that's really what it becomes is just a big where is so-and-so and where is so-and-so and, you know, a drunk fest, basically. A drunk family reunion full of horror freaks. Fun. Was a fun time. Yeah, it was fun. I don't recollect much of it, but it was fun. Yeah, okay. Well, at least you know you had fun at some point. I guess that counts. Yeah, I had lots of fun. Um, oh, and we have made some official selections for the film festival. Yes, yes, we have. We have. Um, we really only announced the features at this point, um, but they are... Uh, we ha- well, we have the special screening of Orphan Killer. Mm-hmm. Um, so that will show. And then we have Through the Looking Glass, Red Kingdom Rising, and Sledge. Those are our official announcements so far. And they are all good. Yes. Yes, they are very good. Oh, and we ha- we added a new guest, too. Yes. Well, we, yeah. have, we have lots of news here. Um... Along with Matt Farnsworth and Diane Foster from The Orphan Killer, will be, how did I put it, The Man Who Made Vampires Frightening Again? That was exactly it. (laughs) Mr. Steve Niles, who is great, by the way. Um, He's been under a little little under the weather lately. He just moved here from L.A. He moved to Austin. And so apparently he's a little bit allergic to Texas. (laughs) So... Hopefully he gets to feeling better pretty soon. I think he even had to cancel a con. Come on, Jr. Talk. You leave me hanging here. Sorry, sorry. I'm just letting you do your thing. Um, <laughs> I'll start off with some news here. Um, I want to talk a little bit about Bates Motel. Okay. This show has surprised me a lot. I uh, I, I saw the first episode and I wasn't too impressed. Yeah, I remember you being kind of on the fence about it. Yeah. I wanted to give it a shot, and so I watched, I made my decision after the first three, I started really, really liking it. It's it's gotten really good, I think. I think um, I'm I'm about, I'm three or four episodes behind. Yeah, I haven't, I haven't recorded. some stuff going on. Yeah, I haven't recorded, I just haven't had time to watch them yet. Yeah, it's really good. Um, I can't think of her name right now, but the woman who plays Norma Bates. Yeah. Vera something or another. She is fucking awesome. Vera Formiga? Yeah, something like that. Something like that. I'm horrible yeah, with she, names. I think she does a hell of a job. Well, she's a good actress anyway. I mean... I've never seen her in anything before. Oh, really? No. Nope. Well, I can't think of... Now that you say that, I can't think of anything right off the top of my head that she's been in. But. I looked at her on DB and I didn't really recognize anything. Oh. Uh. But I'm really liking that. I think... Uh, I think that'll definitely be picked up for next season if it hasn't been already. Well, once I catch up on, with, on it, you know, I can chime in a little bit more. But I'm I'm so far behind on everything. I still have three episodes of Psych recorded on my TV, and that's unusual that I don't watch that. Mm. I usually but, watch everything within the week that I record it. See, I don't. By the time I crawl into bed, I'm so tired. All I want to do, I don't want to have to focus on anything. If that makes sense. Yeah, a little bit. It's, I can say it's been a, a little bit of an eventful week around here. Um, we Wednesday got a call that there was a dog out at the industrial area of town um, that apparently somebody had just dumped off. Um, yeah. 
sweet, sweet dog. She was pretty good size. She's like, I think, I think they said she was like a um, golden retriever and lab mix. Yeah, I was gonna say lab. Yeah. Um, but it, she was somebody's pet at some point because she knew how to sit. She knew how to fetch. She didn't, you know, we had her at the office all day long, and she never went potty in the office. That's good. Only when we took her outside. So, yesterday I had to take her up to um, a no-kill shelter, which, you know, for them it's no-kill, but it killed me because she was scratching at the cage and clawing and trying to get out as I was walking away, and it was just killing me. Um, And then also, you know, Wednesday night we had that tornado come through. Right. Ripped the shit out of the town. So, you know, and that on top of that whole West explosion thing, the disasters <laughs> around here have been like of epic proportions lately. They're following you around, aren't they? Yeah. And we had um, a friend of ours lives in Cleveland, and her house was basically destroyed. Wow. Um, so, you know, we send lots of positive thoughts and good vibes that way and you know hopefully things will calm down some so we, can only hope. we can only hope yes all right Igor you take the mummy's head and twist right I'll take the mummy's feet and twist left and we'll produce some mummy juice all right now let's twist again like we did last summer let's twist again like we did last year, oh dear. Do you remember when we first squeezed the mummy?
Celtic-inspired piece was Morgan's Theme by Dead Rose Symphony. If anyone in your party is playing a thief, they'll be sure to appreciate it. I've got a real treat for you now, a dark fantasy preview from the newest release of Dronolan's Tower, Rise of the Barbarian. The album is not going to be out until June 13th, but you can hear Evil Unleashed right now. Welcome back. Oh, don't you get too comfortable. We're going to head back out on the road, this time down to the Garden State, to talk with Grim Ghost and his gang of haunters in another segment of Home Haunting, 
Jersey Devil style. Hi, this is Grim Ghost. Welcome to an episode of Home Haunting Jersey Devil Style, the show for either beginner or seasoned home haunters. This time I have come up with some cool names for the segments we do. So first up will be Haunted Words, where Death's Door reviews books, authors, and articles that are related to Halloween, with a little horror thrown in on the side. This week she reviews the How to Haunt Your House book series from Sean and Lynn Mitchell. Next will be Salwan Building and Construction, that covers all our prop building. This month, Yogosoft covers making a cheap full body prop. So okay, let's get started. Haunted Haunted Word Hi, this is Grim Ghost. I'm here with Death's Door, who's doing this month's Haunted Words segment. Death's Door, what books did you review this month? Well, I reviewed How to Haunt Your House series by Sean and Lynn Mitchell, which is a husband and wife team that have conjured up uh, three books on on props for interior and exterior design of your haunted house. The beginning chapters of each book starts out with your basic tools and materials that you should have on hand for the projects in the books. For example, craft paints, glue sticks, glue gun, toothpicks, latex gloves, etc. Okay, so what does book one cover in this series? In book one, it focuses on monster mud, which is a compound of five parts drywall uh, and one part of latex paint. The next chapter highlights on foam tombstones uh, with techniques on how to cut out the pattern, carving, and painting. The book also shows illustrations on creating liquid glowing materials, which would be popular with a mad scientist's lab or a witch's kit. It moves to spray painting techniques for marbleizing garden statues and creating a more gothic look in your haunted garden. There is a chapter on how to use gauze or cheesecloth to create old cobwebs by using dye and also how to pull and stretch it to create creepy effects both outside and inside your haunt. The sand casting chapter shows you how to create casting simply using glue sticks and making a pattern in the sand, just wetting it and getting a good consistency in that sand. This is a good technique to use for cemetery fence posts and also creating castings that you can use on your tombstones, which I covered in my tutorial in episode one. It taps into more advanced pops, such as a pepper's ghost, making a scarecrow from a purchased foam skull, 
to its scary duds, making a full-size mummy, a mausoleum, cemetery fence, lighting effects to create that eerie look along with making a homemade fog machine, which we can never have enough of. You mean like fog machine chillers or effects? Yes, absolutely. Cool, very cool. Very good, very good. So what does uh, the second book cover? Book two of the series depicts more advanced tombstone techniques for making a tombstone cover, hiding some of the electronics and wires that can be exposed to weather damage or to trick-or-treaters. It has a chapter on making a spooky chandelier and creature cages that are actually bird cages that can be purchased from a yard sale. Interesting. Mm-hmm. A witch's pantry displaying aged bottles with details and jars. There is a chapter on hacking store-bought props to get the elevated scarier look just by using glue sticks, paints, cheesecloth, and really up to the imagination that the haunter has. Cool. There is a gatekeeper prop that you can make out of PVC and Monster Mug. Interesting. The, mm -hmm, the more advanced props that are highlighted in Book 2 consist of making a, wolf, a werewolf prop using fake fur, taxidermy face parts, and wire. It also covers some animated props such as a disembodied hand stirring a cauldron and explains using motor speed controllers and what can be achieved for certain movement, whether fast or slow. It also, the book, is making a cemetery gate and a full-figure grave ghost from using chicken wire and cheesecloth. Okay, so lastly, what does book three cover? Book three focuses on a lot of the indoor props that we can use either in your house or at, for your apartment if you're having a Halloween party. A few people have small spaces. Cool. Absolutely, yes. We can't we cannot let them out, you know, or Good. you cannot keep them out. Cool. It create it shows on creating a brain bubbler that would be ideal for a laboratory which has a steampunk steampunk theme look to it. Cool. Day of the Dead candy dish for displaying those delectable treats that you can offer when hosting a party. Right. Also, it's how to create a witching hour clock and other accessories for haunting your hollowed halls, which would be Halloween stockings that can be hung on a fireplace, an owl prop, interesting, cool, mm -hmm, coffin dolls, and a werewolf rug. There's also a section in this book that they have back cages and also an, index, an insect display case. Creepy. Yeah. For all vampire hunters out there, there's a section showing you how to create the ultimate vampire hunting kit. Interesting. Mm -hmm. It starts with a box and the compartments for all the specimen pieces, such as your teeth, the teeth, the hair, and the nails. Also, there's showing you how to create journal for maps and letters for tracking the vampires and their lairs. Cool. Mm-hmm. And no kit would be complete without a vampire's heart and blood samples. To me, this is a fine display and conversation piece when you have visitors over. In each of these books, there is a chapter called Making an Entrance, which displays all the props that were built in that particular book. The chapter covers such arrangements as the cemetery, the haunted house, and through the pumpkin patch. Even though some of these tutorials can be found online, you recommend getting these books, right, Death Store? Oh, absolutely. I mean, there are many ideas and techniques out there on the internet for you to review and download. 
Unfortunately, there are not many books out there that have the illustrations, the detail, listed items, and suggestions that are outlined. And A copy of these books, they're great to have just to review and also to flip through the pages and to get geared up for your next haunting season. Very cool. Um, so, of all these books, you would say book number one is more for beginners, getting started, so to speak? I think all three books, in, in each of all the chapters that they have, it appeals to the first-time haunter and even with the home haunter that has uh, done things for years. I think it appeals to everybody and there's something that you can always look back on and uh, you know stretch your imagination with. I think that's the beauty of all of them. It taps into everything from a easy prop to a more advanced prop. Cool. Um, but I, if you are just starting out, I would say recommend book number one to get started because it gets them the new tools that homeowner would need, homeowner would need, excuse me, to get started and things like that. Correct? Oh, sure, absolutely. I mean, starting off with the first book would be great, and then once you get into it, you're going to want to hit the rest of the books. Now, book two because it has motors in it and things like that's a little more advanced. Would you agree? I agree, but also it. The way that they sit in the books, you can find these things online. They give you the ideas. Not only do now, they that's give cool. you the ideas, but they also show you the pictures. So you know you're getting the proper thing when you're trying to start into uh, an advanced prop like that. Cool. Um, and the third book's kind of a combination of both, but with some more emphasis on indoor props. You would yes, say. yes, yes. I think that's the, a good way of putting it. But also, it's nice to decorate if you're having a... Um, you know an open house or say you're having a Halloween party and you want to just have some things around kind of like conversation pieces that uh, the visitors that you have your guests would be interested in seeing and knowing that you may right now I've been to their website uh, which I believe is www.howtohauntyourhouse.com um, they have interesting uh, things you can download there templates for tombstones um, information on making some of the props they have from the book like the candles and things like that um, I'd highly recommend go there wouldn't you agree oh absolutely and also to be familiar with the authors too uh, to get the information of where you can get these books but to, to just see what is out there and to see if you're interested in it cool well thank you for taking your time with this month's segment of the haunted word and I'll catch up with you next month thank absolutely. you absolutely it was a pleasure thank you thank you Hi, this is Grim Ghost here. I'm here with Yuxo Hoff, and we're going to be making a cheap body form uh, that you put out in the yard and or put in a, as a prop in, in, on your porch or something like that, and um, dress it with costume or some, any something simple. Yuxo um, Hoff, you want to start from there? Sure. Hey, everybody. First off, we're going to lay out a two-ply piece of 7 mil painter's plastic on the floor. And then we're going to lay out a pair of pants and then lay out a long sleeve jacket over that. And then take a sharpie and then trace that over the plastic and add a long neck to that. Then we're going to cut it out with a pair of scissors. And then we're going to proceed and tape the seams with cellophane tape. And then we'll stuff it with bubble wrap. And then we'll seal the wrist and ankles with cable ties. And then we'll attach the styrofoam head to the long neck that you had made with cable ties as well and then cable tie a little pair of snakes to 
to the ankles. And or then you take, can leave it open, put some kind of foot on later, right? Yes. Fake foot, make up a monster foot or something like that. Whatever your discretion, yes. Right. And then you're going to take a pair of rubber gloves, and you can stuff them with a shopping bag plastic, and then cable tie the ends of that, and then tape the gloves to the body. And that's it. You have your full corpse prop to use for whatever you want to do. And weighs only a few ounces. And that's Yokesoff signing off. Okay, thanks. We're going to obviously take a good number of pictures so you can follow along. But if you looked at the arm tutorial from last week, last episode, uh, it's pretty easy the same way. Uh, basically, you get the form done and then just stuff it with a, with a plastic, uh, bubble wrap and other things like that. You have plastic and it comes out fine. Uh, in future episodes, we'll show you if you want to actually pose it, like beyond just standing it up in the yard, how to put a wire frame in it. And that'll be in a later episode where we'll just show you how to do the frame. And then you can refer back to this episode, how to get a quick body form made. Okay, that's his Yogo Sahoff and Grimgo signing off. Thanks. Take care. Hi, Grim Ghost and Yogsohoff again. Going over, uh, just completed the uh, full body tutorial. And a few things we want to mention so uh, it doesn't get forgotten, so people don't get confused how to make this uh, fine prop. Go ahead. Yogsohoff here again, and uh, please, a little reminder just uh, those cable ties you use, make sure they're like 14 inch or around about that size because uh, you're going to leave the ends on, so don't cut them off. And when a problem occurs, such as the wrist, we uh, actually just cut a piece of bubble wrap and just taped it back onto it. Okay. Yeah, and that worked out good for us to fill in the, the blank spaces. Because, like you said, you like bubble wrap so much your paper mache medium, right? Yeah, it's my new paper mache medium. And another couple notes. Uh, to reinforce the body, wrap in the a spiral effect with the cellophane tape. It doesn't just reinforce it, but it'll, uh, you can reshape it too as well. And also, uh, use long skewers when you are stuffing the plastic into the finger of the gloves. And that would do it for me. Yeah, I was noticing with the spiraling, what we're doing with the tape, that uh, I got a large upper torso, which I want because this is going to be a male form. But you can literally use that to form a chest area, so to speak, to make a, fe a female character very easily by pushing the plastic and bubble wrap around and enough that, you know, from a distance or under the clothing, it identifies a female instead of a male character. Do you agree? Yes, definitely. And all by using the bubble wrap is the other factor of it is you can either pop the bubbles you don't need and add the bubbles you, you need, and it's an endless thing. So, and, and you don't have to wait for uh, anything to dry. This paper mache is lightweight, plastic, air-filled, and good to go and super light you can do anything with it right and uh, like I said in the next and future episode excuse me we'll go over putting like a simple wire frame duct tape to the back like a coat hanger or something like that to show you how to pose it simply and stuff like that you're not going to exaggerate it poses but as Yosohoff said if you wanted to have the arms up position the shirt to have the arms when you cut it so to speak and simple things like that position the pant legs closer together uh, you'll better understand when you see the pictures that we produce what we're talking about. But uh, that's it for now. That's uh, hope you enjoy this tutorial. This is Grim Ghost and Yogshoff, and we're done. And time to bury those bodies. 
I will be posting a full supply list and pictures up on our blog page to better demonstrate this tutorial. I will also be posting links for the Mitchell's How to Haunt Your House book series also. Lastly, these tutorials use various powered or sharp tools. Only adults should be doing these tutorials because of that. Make sure you understand how to use the tools before using them. We accept no responsibility if something happens, so use your head. That's all for this episode. Remember, we can be found at hajds.blogspot.com and on Facebook. Just search Facebook for Home Haunting Jersey Devil Style or click the link on our blog page. Don't forget to like us. Thanks again to Mr. Steve Harrison for letting us use a sample of his Jersey Devil song. Links to his song and his website can be found on our blog page. This is Grim Ghost and Dark Service to the Nightmare that is Halloween, signing off.
Alex Otterley is a pioneer in the gaming music genre, having composed albums in the early 90s like Battle Themes and Arthur. In fact, Who Are You? His contribution to this episode was originally recorded in 1994, but wasn't released until last year as part of the Horror Triptych release. The Aphasia Records Collective specializes in 80s-style synth music that brings back many movie night memories, even to the point that the album art even looks like Laserdisc covers. As the cyberpunk genre was born in the 80s, it makes perfect sense to look through their output for gaming music when you're playing something like Shadowrun and the like. With that in mind, here's Infiltrate by Protector101.
that was Ibn Ghazi by Zoo Cthulhu. After you heard that, I'm sure you'll agree it's the perfect way to make players feel plenty of unease and dread, no matter what RPG you're using. We've come to the break in this game session, or at least to the end of the episode. I hope you've enjoyed yourself. Remember, free RPG Day is scheduled for June 15th this year, and you can check www.freerpgday.com for more details and a list of participating stores. Don't fret if there aren't any in your area, as the free RPG Day articles over at Gravedigger's Local 16 have many freebies and quick start rules for most of the games mentioned in this episode. Head on over to gravediggerslocal.com and find all of them. Things will go back to normal, or as close as normal as we can get, next week, but those craving more fantasy music should check out Radio Rivendell at Radio Rivendell, R I V E N D E L L.com. Think of this episode as a drop and Radio Rivendell as an ocean, and you'll have a pretty good idea of what they have to offer. We're closing with something more close to Six Foot Plus's regular playlist, 20 Minutes of Oxygen by the Darkest of the Hillside Thickets. It might seem an odd choice for an episode based on the theme of role-playing games, but let's not forget that it's from their Spaceship Zero tie-in album to their own game. Plus, Thicket's frontman, Torin Agatson, has contributed greatly to the RPG world. Go play some Call of Cthulhu sometimes, and you'll know what I mean. But before you do that, make sure to watch the video for 20 Minutes of Oxygen. It's a good one. I remain your faithful dungeon master, Strange Jason. Keep the dice rolling, listener. If I have the
Six Foot Plus, episode 62. Music to game by. This has been Six Foot Plus, a GDL 16 production. To support, subscribe, rate, review, and recommend Six Foot Plus. The theme song, Carpe Noctum, performed by the Madeira. Shivala, Ivan. Urban Graveyard Lounge music, performed by Kava Khan. Mahalo. Monster Matt Patterson of the Monster Matt Minute can be found online at hahahorror.com. For more home-haunting Jersey Devil style, go to hhjds.blogspot.com. All this and gore produced by Twisted Central of twistedcentral.com. To find out about all the music you heard on this episode, as well as all past episodes and all those important links, go to Six Foot Plus. That's the number six, F-T-P-L-U-S dot com.